Hello and welcome to Tales from the Innerverse, the podcast that explores the inner universe of the human experience. Hello and welcome to Tales from the Innerverse. I'm so excited today to have my guest Matthew Duffett. Matthew Duffett and I are both graduates of the Men's Wisdom Work Coaching Training Certification Program. Matthew is also a practitioner of some sacred Eastern arts. Matthew, would you describe what that role is for us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, hi, welcome everyone. I am currently a student of Chinese medicine training at a school here in Berkeley, California, and also with a couple of practitioners. I am a student of the internal arts, uh, Neigong, Qigong, Tai Chi, uh, I have a couple of teachers, one main teacher, and it's it it could be it could be as simple as I practice herbalism. I'm studying acupuncture, and it could be as complex as it's it's a different way of viewing reality. And I like to get I like to get deep, so you know which one my preference is. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I'm so happy to have you on this um, podcast today. The word innerverse implies a whole host of things to me, and I'd love to just get your take on how that relates to your current studies and your view of the idea of as above, so below, as within, so without. Yeah, the law of correspondence, absolutely. That's critical. So how does that relate to my studies? Well, the first thing is in Chinese medicine, the view is that all of the problems come from the, the five emotions, you know, or in sometimes sometimes it's this the seven attachments or the you know eight this or the nine that, but it's really it's the emotions. And it's not necessarily that the emotions exist or don't exist, but it's how easily do they move through the system. If they move easily through the system, no problem. If they get stuck somewhere, if they don't get fully digested, problems. And so when you say the word innerverse, first of all, as I said before, it strikes me as a very clever title for a podcast, and I'm excited to be here for that. And second of all, I'm So I'm kind of a smartass. I'm kind of like a spiritual smartass. That's my flavor. Um, and so the first thing I want to do is get into the the false dichotomy of inner and outer and, and above and below. And that's I think it's important. Um, so I, it's tongue in cheek, but it's also important. Um, the law of correspondence, in a way, points to the false distinction of inner and outer. And I have been talking to a lot of people lately about about the law of correspondence. So I love that this is coming up now. And I'm using that phrase, it comes from the, um, is it the Kaibalian or? Yeah. yeah. And and so uh, that's a great book. God, if you wanna understand reality, get into it. That was one of the first books I read where I was like, oh, they just wrote it all down. It's a, it's great wisdom. Oh, it so, is. Well, let's not diverge there. Take me into the inner verse as you see it. Like you talked about the five emotions and yeah. the seven, or the seven what? Uh, the seven attachments. Um, so the five emotions that? are probably the, the five emotions are probably the most important because the attachments come after the emotions. But the so the the number five is a number that is related mostly to change occurring. So in, in Chinese numerology, when you see five things, it's pointing to a change is occurring, a transformation is occurring. And there are five, what are, it's translated as, as elements. Uh, the Chinese is Wu Xing. Uh, and it's more like phases or directions or movements than elements. But just to list them, um, you've got metal, water, wood, fire, and earth. And internally, these express as the emotions and they express as movements of chi. Um, so metal, the emotion is grief, 
water, the emotion is fear. Wood, the emotion is anger or frustration. Uh, fire, the emotion is joy. And earth, the emotion is, oh, geez, what's the emotion of earth? That's not cool. Earth is the pivot. Worry, it's worry. It's, it's overthinking. I was so, the reason I, I, I said the pivot, there are different orientations of the five and it, it, it's all quite complicated and simple. But yeah, so those are the five emotions. And each of those, you know, when I, when I think of what an emotion is and I think of this idea of the inner verse, um, the subjective experience for me of inner and outer is like, okay, there's, there's a sensation that's localized here, mm-hmm. right? And I call that inner. And then there, there are phenomena and circumstances and stimuli kind of out here, it seems, that impact the, the localized sensation of in here. And emotions are interesting because in a way they're an internal stimulus that impacts the internal sensory experience, right? So each of the emotions um, and each of the elements is said to have a particular movement. And in my own experience, this tracks with how the emotions feel to me. Um, You can decide for yourself and the listeners, you can see if if this fits for you. So without getting too deeply into what chi is, I'm just gonna use that term. Um, with, with the emotion of metal, which is grief, the chi movement is contraction, contraction toward the center. With the emotion of fear, the element of water, the, the chi movement is to sink downward. So I, I, I've had the experience of being this is, this is like terror or fear. This isn't just like, oh, I'm nervous about something. This is like, <gasps> you know, I've had the sensation of literally the feeling like the ground drops out from under me and I can't even feel my legs anymore. So I that's sinking. That. Yeah, that's the chi sinks, you know. Um, and then uh, wood is anger. When I get angry, I feel like I just want to move my fists out, you know, just, ah. So the movement is outward, you know. Um, and then fire it's a rising the chi rises upward so joy kind of this like uplifting feeling from the center of the chest right uh and then you've got earth which is worry and the earth movement is stability and so this is a little bit odd but it's not just stability it's also there's like a transforming thing happening um and and you can become like too stabilized in a thought, or you can be like mulling over, trying to digest the same thought over and over and over again. So the type of worry that we're talking about, distinct from fear, is the sort of like, uh, I've got this thought on repeat, it's two in the morning, why am I still thinking about this? There's nothing I can do to figure it out, but it just is go, 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 go. So there's sort of like a cyclical quality to it. So those are, that's the internal experience of those emotions. And, and health is letting that internal experience communicate with the external, right? So to say that the emotion becomes stuck in a way means it doesn't move through the system. And if we're, if we're sort of, in a way, arbitrarily defining the body as the system, um, we could do it differently, but this is, for me, inner and outer refers to the body. If I let the inner express to the outer, then it's kind of done. Like it's just sort of done, right? Um, but if I don't, then God, it, it's who knows how long it's going to stick around for. So health is like breathing in and breathing out. Thank you. That was brilliant. So Not these, mine. <laughs> no, of course you're you're giving us the wisdom of your study and and I appreciate that and your view of these emotions and these elements and how we as human beings have interactions with them that have certain qualities to them and you gave some really great corollary descriptions that becomes the nature of experience yes right and then the mind comes in 
And the mind creates a narrative around that experience. Yes. And the mind and, comes in after the mind. It's actually, if you investigate closely, what I've found is that the story comes after. So the narrative and the mind are more related to the context of our society and familiar surroundings, as opposed to the universal notes of the five elements as you describe them. So it's interpretive. It also colors according to the context of our karma and our upbringing and so forth, right? Right. Um, Roger Castillo calls it the um, genetic inheritance and up-to-date conditioning. So when you look at the mind sort of as a secondary influence to the movement of these energies, what's the legacy of the human element as it comes into life? Like we're given these bodies, we you know, you and I are probably not far off in this idea of believing in spirit, right? Inhabiting the bodies. What's that inner state comprised of besides these elements and and when you say you know what's the context of that look like what's the map okay what is the inner context comprised of besides these elements or how do they interact and what's the what's the way these things sort of interact with each other internally yeah okay great um how how deep do you want to go with that just follow your instincts just go ahead and we'll follow this down as far as we want to go Great. So um, you mentioned spirit, uh, and, and and in Chinese medicine, the human experience in a way is seen as a, a possession of at least five different spirits. And then some of those have sub like five more of this type of spirit. So um, I've certainly had the experience of, and you might hear people talking about, well, this part of me, this, but then this part of me, this, and then there's this other part that's like, and that's actually like, you know, that's normal, but it's also, in a way it's insanity, but it, it, it's normal, it's totally normal. I'm not judging anyone, I have that, I'm sure you have that, it's normal. Um, so the, the five elements have also different motives, you know, uh, like the, the motive of metal is to transcend, the motive of water is to understand deeply the meaning and the motive of wood is to expand and grow and get shit done. And the motive of fire is to have as much fun as possible, connect people socially. Uh, the motive of earth is to nourish people. So that's those instincts, those desires, those impulses can arise within each of us. We're all, we all have all five, hopefully, I mean, you'd probably die if you didn't have all five of these um, operating within you um, at different times. And and they're the, the mind, right, as it colors experience. So that's, that's so interesting because we do have sort of like a default way of interpreting events. Like you're so right, the mind comes in and makes up the story, whether it's internal experience or external experience. Um, the mind comes in and says, first of all, do I like this or do I not like this? And then from there, if I don't like this, what do I want? Or what do I not want? And what do I do? And if I do like this, how do I get more of it? You know? So, um, so that's the first thing is, do I like it or do I not like it? And, and what I've been learning is kind of as soon as I'm there, I'm already not having the direct experience. As soon as I'm comparing it to past experiences or uh, thinking about what might happen in the future as a result of this experience, I'm already just in the story. So like what else is there is, I, I mean, the goal of my practice is to have a direct experience of what the fuck is happening right now. Like that kind of trite, pretty annoying saying like, it is what it is, man. To actually live as if it is what it is, is quite profound because most of the time I'm living as if it is what my mom did when I was four, right? Uh, so there's, there's a, a conditioned nature and that comes about as a result of the, the way that we've interpreted 
circumstances throughout our life. And then there's an original nature, which is the unconditioned nature, which is sort of, if you've ever experienced just pure awareness, that's kind of like, that's your unconditioned nature. That's like you prior to the stories, prior to who you think you were supposed to be. Mm. Um, What I'm feeling in this moment is the sense that when experience is zero, i.e. the moment of conception, or if you want to, the moment of birth, Mm -hmm. there seems to me, in my assumption, this idea of a universality to the nature of our inner universe, our inner verse. And you've described it with these five elements and the different um, things that go with them. And then we've added the sixth thing, which we're calling the mind, and then the spirit, which is a seventh thing, right? And so my question is to you is, I have this sense that it's a, a unity, that it's like we all come in and we have kind of like a basic unified aspect of ourselves that then is brought into shift, change, and energetic reformation through the encounter with being alive, through enacting karma. So the question is, does that jive with your point of view? Is this sort of like we all start with the same essential elements? That's a great question. Um, I mean, it's not as interesting what I think about it, but it, it's an it, it's an interesting thing to think and talk about. Definitely. Um, do I think that? I don't think that. Uh, I think that there is. I think that there is an underlying unity. I think that um, at a certain level, there's nothing to make anything out of but spirit or consciousness or God or Tao or whatever whatever floats your boat and doesn't trigger you. Um, yeah, absolutely. At a certain level that, but I believe that the differentiation of that occurred long before I was conceived, way long before I was conceived. So I will never know actually what someone else's inner experience is. Language is not sufficient. Empathy is not sufficient. Um, I will never really know that. So I can't actually speak to that, but I can I can imagine this idea of as soon as there was a hot and a cold or an inside and an outside or an up and a down, as soon as that took place, now there's not unity. I mean, there is, right? It's just how you frame it, but like also it's it's not. So because I'm a configuration of, I'm a unique configuration of, uh, you know, you, you know, you can imagine a, a radial graph, right? Uh, where you have these these five spokes on the wheel, and then you know, uh, maybe I have maybe the the scale is five, and I've got five points in the wood element, and I've got four points in the water element, and I've got three points in the, you know, and so on and so forth. That's me, and that is my inheritance. That is actually my body. That is. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it's my mind, but it's that that's this, that's me. That's me as a distinct thing within the soup of all of reality. And that's beautiful. You know, um, is that all one thing? Yes. You could say it's all part of one movement of the universe. And I, I do think that and we, we call that Tao and even the universe or not the universe existing or not existing is after Tao. So first there's Tao then there's a bunch of shit going on, but all the shit going on is just, it's an expression of Tao. So the saying is, um, you know, uh, earth follows heaven, human follows earth, heaven follows Tao. So there's a relationship between all of these distinct things. And so no, I don't think- Vertically in the way that your hands moved, would you say that that's how you experience it as a vertical axis? Yeah, I do experience that on a vertical axis. Um, now, there's there's a lot of different ways of understanding what heaven, earth, and human are. But the really important takeaway is that humans shouldn't follow other humans. <laughs> That's not that doesn't get us very far. Um, but that we should we should observe the natural order, and that that health, in addition to being inhaling and exhaling, letting the internal and external flow, also letting heaven and earth flow. You know, 
And in our, in our inner experience, heaven and earth are the mind and the body. Mm. And then human is what is experiencing the, the interplay of mind and body. So I, I guess you could call that awareness in a way. Yeah. Or human being. How do you distinguish human and human being? The conditional verb usage of it. The unification of all those elements in beingness, being, right? We are. Yes. Yeah, I would say that the human is the is doing the being. Yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. Doobie doobie do. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's a good. It's a It's very profound. It is what it is. It's very profound. Uh, um. I really endeavor, though we do talk about really, you know, deep and philosophical and esoteric subjects here, I, I really think levity is a really important piece to how we go about just having these conversations. So I'm glad that there's some humor here. Um, when you talked about the five spokes and there was a kind of individuation that was potentiated by different numbers that could come up for different human beings. Mm -hmm. I had the thought that there's also this context in the Asian calendar of people being born under different signs of the Chinese zodiac. Right. Are there relationships in the work that you're doing that also mirror that information? Yes, the beautiful thing about the medicine that I'm studying and what really was such a relief for me is that um, however you enter, you come into the same room. Whatever thread you grab, you pull the whole thing. So uh, Chinese medicine is related, the astrology is related, feng shui is related, drinking tea is related, internal martial arts are related, external, it's all, it's all the same view. It's all yin yang, bagua, wuxing. Like it's all it's all the same view. So uh, yes, in addition to the twelve zodiac signs, and I I don't know very much about the astrology, so I'm just going to do my best. Uh, in addition to the twelve zodiac signs, so that's a cycle of twelve. You also have another cycle of five. So you can have a you can have a, a fire tiger. You can have a wood tiger. You can have a metal tiger. You can so there's there are short cycles and long cycles and very long cycles and um, yeah the divisions are uh, innumerable and so they just call them the ten thousand things right um, yeah and sometimes someone will have they'll have a an astrological elemental type like I'm a young fire tiger right that's my astrological but ironically. The, the motivation of fire in my being is where I have my greatest challenge. Yeah. And then my acquired nature is more of a wood type. My acquired nature, if you listen to my voice, so this is another aspect of, of the, the five phases, there's a, a sound that each one of them has. So, you know, like metal has kind of a, a sighing sound, water has a groaning sound, like think Tina from Bob's Burgers. Uh, you ever, there's a little bit of a quality of that in, in some, some folks voice. Like I have a tiny bit of that groaning quality in my voice. Um, for, for wood, it's shouting. And that doesn't mean I'm gonna be really lit, but so um, if you listen, every single thing that I say is like a statement and it's bop, 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 ba, da, da, bop, bop, you know? Um, there's another quality, the earth quality is, is singing. And so that's a modulation in pitch. And I might sound a little bit more like this. If I were an earth type, I would just be modulating my pitch up and down and all of this. And there would be a question at the end of everything. Um, so that's kind of counter to wood where the modulation is in, is in volume. Volume, <laughs> right? Um, Beautiful. So my acquired nature is more wood versus my inherent nature, which uh, if it, if the astrology thing works would be fire. Um, so that's one way that those play in. They also play in because the five elements are about the seasons, right? Um, so they, it's it's all over. You can it's apply- It's the 10,000 things. Yeah, you can. So, and it's just a way of understanding and categorizing the 10,000 things so that you can do something meaningful with it. It provides a, f a reference point. It's a framework, yeah. Yeah. 
And so in terms of the things that you're studying in terms of helping people produce health in their lives, this is the framework that you're given. And so the various variables like the astrology, the elements, the birth context, all of these things come together in the way that you do what would be termed in medical science as an assessment. Am I right? Well, it'd probably be termed in medical science as bullshit, but um, yes. <laughs> but in the context of the medicine <laughs> yeah. you're yes. practicing, yes. it's it's the way that you sort of get a, a better reference point on the being That's in right. front of you. That's right. Yeah. So we use, um, I don't use astrology personally because I, I just don't, I haven't had time to study that. Um, but I do use, I do use a five phases assessment. Um, I do try to figure out what their base constitutional type is. And then I try to look at which of those five elements is out of balance. Is there, is there too much wood at the expense of water, you know? Is there too much wood and it's overbearing on, on earth, you know? So uh, there, there's a relationship between all of these. There are several relationships. One is called the Shung cycle, the generative cycle. So one element begets the next, begets the next, begets. And that was the order that I gave the elements to you in. Um, you, it makes a lot of sense too. So water begets wood. So plants need water and then uh, fire needs wood and you know and then like ash comes from fire that's earth and then the mountains have the metal in them so metal comes from earth and then water comes from the mountains you know because the springs and, you know so it, all, it makes it makes sense it's the natural order right um but then there's also there are other things like metal controls wood you can think of pruning a tree you know uh there's a variety of different ways of looking at it so the assessment checks out what's happening right now. Like I could just put myself in a box and say, oh, I'm a wood type. I'm gonna have problems with liver and gallbladder stuff always, you know? And turns out that's actually kind of true for me, um, but that can create other disharmonies elsewhere. The assumption so that about, that's the conscience. In other words, having that opinion of yourself actually can even cause other imbalances. Well, no, no, no. I no. Uh, I mean, it okay. could. Yeah, it could. Um, what do you mean? The, the idea is to be. I mean, ideally, as an assessor, right, as a practitioner, I, I, in in the Tao Te Ching, like one of the first things Lao Tzu says is, begin with the receptive. Right. Don't just come in somewhere with your idea, and try and assert your view. Begin with the receptive. What is actually here? So yes, coming in and saying, oh, this person was expressing this way last time I saw them, they're gonna be expressing this way this time I see them. That's definitely not beginning with the receptive. <laughs> um, what I was speaking to is another saying that's um, 10,000 diseases, one treatment, one treatment, 10,000 diseases, um, or one disease, 10,000 treatments. So uh there might be like let's say let's say wood is deficient you know that can have an impact of then um fire also being deficient and then fire also being deficient as the entire earth is also deficient and then you know so on and so forth and then metal is deficient so it's not it's you know it, it really there are a lot of things that occur because everything is connected to everything. Nothing is separate from everything. So it's interesting because even if you go into the 10,000 things, the way back to unity is through relationships. Which is ultimately, again, establishes the one. Correct. Yeah. So this is a way more than I even hoped for. I'm so excited. And the idea that's present for me now is the the point of view of experiencing an i uh -huh. right because you sort of described about a few minutes ago that the mind enters in and then there's the you know there's this sort of context that's around how the different elements are balanced within us right and so we have this relationship to 
us as individuated having an experience. And earlier I tried to tie that into, well, isn't there kind of a unity, a bed? And you're like, well, yes, there is. And there's so much individuation that it's it's both. So what came up for me at that point was this idea of how does ego fiddle, figure into what you talk about in terms of health? And what's the relationship to the Tao and ego and the sense of identity as in an I mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. from your yeah. perspective? Yeah. And it will just be from my perspective because I've only been studying this for a couple of years. So please forgive me if I say something that's not accurate. Um, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to present myself as, you know, really uh, being well-informed in, in Taoism. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've, I've done what studying I've done and I've received what teachings I've received. And that's kind of all I've got. Um, one, one teaching that comes up for me is from one of Lonnie Jarrett's books. Uh, he's, he's a, a fantastic five elements, Chinese medicine practitioner, really, really. Um, and, and his, his work is very readable. So if you're interested in diving deeper, I would recommend his book, Nourishing Destiny, which is ultimately the goal of like this, this art is to nourish destiny. Like I, I love that. It's so it's such a romantic notion. Um, but if, if I could, if the best impact I want to have on something is to nourish its destiny. Um, so the relationship of ego, the relationship of the sense of I, I'm a little bit of a mutt because I also work with a teacher who is who's pretty big into like just like straight up non-duality teachings, Advaita Vedanta. Um, so it's a little, my view is a little mixed. Um, that's like traditionally frowned upon, but um, here we are anyway. Uh, so the way Lonnie Jarrett describes it is the correct relationship of self to Tao. Um, we'll talk a little bit about the different spirits. So the spirits are housed in certain yin organs, which are associated with the five elements. Um, you've, got, you've got the E, which is the thinking mind, kind of the narrator voice commentary, uh, peanut gallery, if you will. Um, and then you have the Shen or Sen, which is the heart mind. Oh, I'm trying my best. That was terrible pronunciation. Um, we'll just do it American style, the Shen. And it's, uh, it's the heart mind. Um, so that's a lot of time when people begin meditating, the first thing we notice is, oh my God, there are these words in my head and that's not me, but I thought it was, oh, oh, man, 35 years thinking I was those words in my head. Wow. <laughs> what a relief. And then the next place we can go often is, uh, what resides in the heart mind, the sense of, uh, I am right. Uh, and it's a it's a very emotional place. It's like um, you know this. I'm I'm uh, viewers you or not viewers listeners. You can't see. I'm, I have my hands on my chest. I'm gesturing to this area of the heart because that's where the shen is said to reside. Um, and and yeah, this is also the area of the middle dantian, which is the place of emotion. And in terms of the 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 three realms heaven, earth, human, this would also be the place of human, which is about relationality, right? That's the role of human is relationality, um, which is also the role of the heart. So there's a, there's a lot going on in here, okay? So that's sort of the sense of awareness, you know, you hear Adi Ashanti talk about awareness, you know, that would be this. Um, and then you have another, uh, another spirit uh, is the jir, uh, which is the will, which is, I'm, I, I will do, you know, um, and that's in the kidneys. And that's kind of, it's like a libido in the sense of like, how is my zest for zeal for life? Like how much do I want to like penetrate life and just, just get, get juicy with it? You know, like I want to do things. Um, that's jerk. And uh, so the correct relationship of these things is, um, the heart mind, the Shen receives the impulse of the Tao because we're individuated, but we are also we're manifestations and expressions of the Tao, the little, little wiggles, as Alan Watts would say, little wiggles. And um, so my wiggle has a purpose here, right? Otherwise I wouldn't be here. 
period. That's, I wouldn't be here. Um, and so the heart mind receives the impulse from the Tao. It's like, oh, this wiggle is good for this thing that we're doing. You know, it's not like, it's not personalized like that, but like, so the, that receives that. And then um, ideally the mind is able to uh, ting or listen to the heart and be like, ah, I just received this impulse. This is what it means. I will translate it into an action plan. And then the juror will be like, ah, I've got the, I've got the orders. Let's do the thing, you know? And that can be interrupted. That, that correct orientation can be interrupted in a number of ways. The most common way, we talk about the ego mind. Everyone's like, we're going to get rid of the ego. Why do we want to get rid of the ego? Um, that's just another expression of the Tao. Like that's rightly there. Um, like otherwise it wouldn't be there. Um, but but it's it's not helpful when the thinking mind, the E, is like, I'm running the show. Oh, I'm the one that has the words, I have language, I'm in charge. And then it co-opts the juror to enact the, the will of the E. Now we're cut off, not only from our own sensing relating space, but that space is sort of what resonates with universal Tao to receive her, the impulses of how to be in harmony with reality, you know? So I can understand why people would be like, we got to get rid of the ego. When you have that orientation, it's very painful to be out of a harmonious relation. I mean, think about having a fight with your partner or, you know, you go, go fight with your friend or any time when you're out of harmonious relation with someone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so the, the deep level of the medicine is how to reorient that so that the, the, the head is listening to the heart, you know, and then the person has enough chi or life force. I shouldn't call it life force. Chi. So we should do it. We could do a whole other, like six hours on what is chi. Well, before we um, do finish your thought. Yeah. Um, so you want to you want to make sure someone has enough resources so that they can use their jerk. If if you are receiving the impulses and you're having right thinking about it, but you don't have enough energy or resources, whether that's internal resources like I'm tired all the time, or whether that's external resources like I'm hungry all the time and I need to focus on getting food, I can't be concerned with like universal Tao right now. There are a variety of places where we can assist someone in gathering their own resources, you know? So what's coming to mind now is the relationship to that thing you called chi and the way that there's so many factors of energy exchange. We, you talked about digestion in both the internal elemental aspects, but then you just referenced to it in terms of the physiological aspects. And so we have the conjuring and the gathering and the ex the expression of this power source, this chi. And before we get too deeply into that definition, the cultivation of it and the relationship as it lives outside of us, and then there's the internal chi, and there's a relationship between those two conditions or things or however you want to term it. And so in this tales from the innerverse context, how would you describe the relationship between what the inner experience of chi is and the outer experience of it that has us use the word chi gong or acquiring chi? Mm -hmm. hmm. You ask long questions, Mark. <laughs> I'm very curious. <laughs> and I don't know is so a perfectly is, acceptable. What, <laughs> um, what I'm looking for is the relationship again between yeah, the inner and the outer. Yeah, yeah, I like this theme a lot. Um, so there again, there are a variety of different definitions for chi, and there's lots of different types of chi. You know, there's wood chi, earth chi, fire chi, water chi you know, uh, yang chi, yin chi, you know, like cha chi. There's so many different chis. Um, a couple of really like fundamental definitions that I like, chi is change. Um, and an important view 
for this, this Chinese medicine world or this Chinese scientific paradigm is uh, it's not about the objects, it's about the relationship between them. So to say there's qi means something is going on in this relationship between these objects. There's enough qi, stuff is happening. There's not enough qi. What's supposed to be happening isn't happening, you know? So some qigong schools are about like gathering qi from the heavens, gathering solar qi, lunar qi, qi from the planet, qi from the pine trees. And that's fine. I don't do that. Um, I'm, I'm training with someone else who has a different view on that. Um, the, the, the training that I'm familiar with, the thinking is everything that needs to happen, all of the resources are right here in my body. Now I can resonate with those other things. Like, like, and I, it's great. Like just go out into the woods, stand with a tree. You will feel different guaranteed. Um, but, but what my teacher says is it's not like I'm energy vampire sucking in the life force of the pine tree, which if you think about it, like that doesn't even sound that, that doesn't sound that ethical. Like, no, sure you know, unless I key on the tree, then it's fine. Um, no, well, it, what it sounds like is separation, <laughs> separation mentality, yeah. which, yeah. Which so, is... so what's great is, is I can go and be with a pine tree and I can feel the pine tree. I can open to it. I can feel it and I can allow it to affect me. And now I'm resonating, like, you know, you have tuning, a bunch of tuning forks in a room, you hit one and then the tuning forks that will resonate do. So I allow myself to be resonant with this pine tree. Now I feel more like the pine tree does. And that has a good effect on my system. And that actually, that positive effect on my system allows the, the chi moving within me, the ability of my system to change, to 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 happen you know it allows it allows that to take place because man i'll tell you i live in a city and i if you know it is there's a lot going on here you know and for for someone who is on a path where like i what i'm part of what i'm cultivating is like sensitivity like whoo there's a lot going on here it's a high sensation environment a high sensation environment so i'm resonant with many 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 different things some of which have a positive impact on my chi my ability of my system to change some of them have a, a negative or detrimental impact on the ability of my system to change and um I, I to a degree i can control and influence my environment and that's that's what feng shui is about um but to another degree like you know i mean i got my neighbors upstairs, they got the Wi-Fi surrounded by the Bluetooth. And this is like, you know, I don't, I don't like necessarily feel that. Like I don't like get a headache or something. Some people do. Um, but I'd be like, I believe that everything impacts everything. At some level, everything impacts everything. So um, and I know I feel real different when I'm in my apartment, which it's beautiful. Uh, versus when I'm, you know, on a mountain. Uh, and, and so like, what is, what is the relationship of internal chi and external chi? I think that resonance is very important at a very simple level, the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. Are you exercising? Are you sleeping? And that's, it can be that simple, you know, like you could spend many years dialing that in. And I would actually, I think for, for my clients, like I would recommend that we begin there. Like <laughs> prior to meditation, prior to breathing practices, prior to anything, prior to any, you know, I'm gonna give you this Qigong form, we're gonna balance the five elements. No, are you going to sleep at 10.30? No, I'm staying up until 2.30. Go to sleep at 10.30. Like, what do we need to do in your life to help you get to sleep at 10.30, you know? What are you eating? Oh, you know, like I, I'm eating pizza and burritos. Great, I bet that's delicious. How do you feel? I feel tired. 
okay, well, what's easier? Me doing acupuncture on you every week for the next three years while you eat pizza and burritos, or you eating better food and not feeling as tired afterwards? You know, which is, which is a simpler solution. I will, you know, I will do acupuncture on you, but I, I know we could be doing way cooler shit if, if you were just like, you know, handle your biz, right? And me too, like, and this is another, this is another internal external relationship is like what we see in our life mirrors what's happening inside of us. So I have a friend, his condition is, is cold, damp phlegm, which is kind of jargony. We don't have to worry about what that means necessarily in the body, but his internal condition is cold, damp phlegm. Now I go into his house, beautiful home. This man is a very high performing man, you know? And I go into his home and I notice his, his sponge is sitting in a puddle of water and it's pretty gross and slimy. And I notice that his plants are overwatered and there's mildew. And I notice that there's, there's, you know, dirty laundries on his bed. His bed's not made, you know, and, and, and it's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging this man. I'm assessing, right. I'm assessing the situation. Um, so Phlegm, in a way, is the congealed accumulation of stuff that's not moving through. That's the clothes on the bed, you know? Damp is water that's hanging out, not transforming. That's the mildew. That's the sponge sitting in the pool of water. So this man, he, he's, he's like a very high-performing coach who advises companies and will like 10x their, their income in like less than a month. So it's like this guy like has this, this essence that he's bringing forth. He has this ability to, to do this incredible thing, but in his own life, he feels oppressed by this sensation of, of damp and heaviness and this kind of like, ugh, ugh, phlegmy thing, you know? So if, if he were to change these things in his environment, it would also affect what's happening internally and as he's taking the herbal formula that's addressing the, the damp and phlegm internally, sure enough, he's more interested in changing the feng shui of his place. Sure enough, now he's got art up on the wall. Sure enough, now he, the sponge is dry. Sure enough, he's interested in pruning his plants and repotting them. Nobody suggested those things, but it just happened naturally, right? My own thing, just to be fair, this poor guy, I hope he doesn't listen to this podcast. Um, my own thing is I have trouble being fluid and letting go, right? So one thing that can come up for wood types is if we don't get enough water, if we're not nourished by water enough, we can become rigid and have trouble moving freely from one thing to the next thing. So my in my body, the problem is um, stagnation. Things get stuck, they don't transform, I don't let go fully. In my life, as I look around my apartment, it's beautiful, it's colorful, there's plants. I have all the right things, right? Like I have all the right elements in place. But if I look a little bit deeper into the nooks and crevices and, and, and crannies, when was the last time I dusted my bookshelves? It's been a long time. Uh, why, why, do I have, why do I have stuff in front of my books? I can't take my books out when there's stuff there, you know? Like when was the last time I adjusted my altar to be in accord with the seasons? Never. You know, so this is my external environment reflecting my internal stagnation. And what's easier, me taking herbs for the next however fucking long and doing acupuncture every work or me clearing it out, you know? Yeah, what you're describing is the relationship again to the external and the internal, which is brilliant. Right, and I'm suggesting that. That, that because of the relationship, there's actually not a difference. Right, yeah, they're not separate. They're, they're connected. You're and, right. There is a difference, but they're not separate. And the path to having more um, energy change is approachable from either direction or multiple vectors. Correct. Correct. Right. right. So I'm really curious about what you said um, about 10 minutes ago, which was the teaching and framework of your teacher, which is that everything with, is within. Mm-hmm. So the fundamental law of correspondence is reflected in that idea again, which is this fundamental internal exploration means that you have the whole library of karma available to you within your your own 
point of reference within mm -hmm. your own, you know, sphere of influence, so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's the the code. It's some people might call it the Akashic record or the you know the Emerald Tablet. You know, the there's a lot of different ways to refer to it based on different modalities. But in terms of the the context of we are an innerverse worthy of exploration unto ourselves. Does that resonate with you? Absolutely. And I would also I would also add uh, that might not be the first place to start. Hmm. What would be? Uh, whatever works. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, like here's the thing: is if if I'm a person who's really depressed, whose mind feels like poison all the time, probably don't start with meditation. You know what I'm saying? Like don't go deeper inward right now. Like find out what needs to be addressed in your life so that you're, you're not having that same experience, you know? So maybe for someone like that, the entry point is take some herbs, man. You know, or like, or like, dude, like do some push-ups, like do some cardio, you know? Um, yeah. Because, because if we, if we have a tendency to, look inward with a particular view again and again and again and again um it's actually not that helpful and it can make things worse so i i know that i know that that's probably not a popular thing because mindfulness is very profound and helpful and it's kind of prescribed for everything right now um but like it actually isn't great for a certain type of depression it, it could it could be harmful it can make it a lot worse and maybe other conditions or experiences as well. Yeah, that's possible, you know? Yeah. So I would say like, um, you don't need to begin with the tightest knot Beca mm. because everything is connected. You can begin with wherever it's possible for you to begin. Um, you know, and like, I'll just share, like I, I had the experience of being fully paralyzed in my body, right? When I was 19, I spent, three months completely paralyzed with Guillain-Barre syndrome. Uh, so, um, you know, when my body was coming back online, when my nervous system was healing, I only had access to a little bit of movement. Okay. But here's what I did. I used that little bit of movement to get more movement, to get more in my body, to inhabit my body more deeply. And I use that movement to, to inhabit. I have a friend who he only had access to his breathing and vocal cords. He was otherwise totally paralyzed. He used vibration to start turning his body back on because that's what he had access to. He used, he used sound to create vibration in different areas of his body that then brought his mind into to soak into those areas so, so that he was able to regain access. So you begin wherever you are, you know, like it wouldn't have worked for me to have a physical therapist come and say, okay, time to stand up and learn how to walk. I'm not there, man. I'm wiggling my toes a little bit sometimes, you know, I can't even breathe on my own yet. So uh, if we think of it like that, really the wisdom uh, like that Pema Chodron shared of begin where you are is, is so vital. It's so vital because so many of us on the spiritual path, especially can be highly self-critical and, and you begin to turn the lens inward. Now I know it's not cool to be angry. It's not cool to be this, that I need to like transcend man. But guess what? That's not what my mind is doing right now. It, I don't have access to that because I have unhealed trauma. I have you know, my relationship is out of whack. Uh, my home is not beautiful. Like some part of my experience is actually not making it possible for me to enter in that way. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what's coming up for me right now is this idea of social conditioning and the zeitgeist or popular movements, as you said, like the mindfulness movement might not always mm -hmm. be the right medicine. And so we have this opportunity to relax the sensation of meeting the expectations of whatever the latest thing is. And really, as you said, beginning where we are and unlocking 
the knot that's right in front of us or that, or that we are in touch with and then progressing. The, hearing the story of the Gyan Bar experience for, of you, just my heart melted. And, it, it, you know, people can't see you right now, but right now I'm looking at a, a very structurally sound, fluid movement, energized human form on this video call that we're recording. And so I, I you know, it's an amazing possibility that now is embodied in, in what you've done. And it's a, it's a enormously gratifying to be in connection with you and to continue to this relationship. What I'd like to do now, as we come closer to the closing of the podcast is to have you talk a little bit about why you chose to study coaching and how those that relates to the other work that you're doing and what that, underlying purpose and mission is in your biography. Great. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, it's also an honor to be in relation with you, Mark. You know, uh, thank you very much. So your question is, is why coaching? How does it relate to the other things that I'm doing? And your, your purpose. My purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, to borrow from Lonnie Jarrett, uh, I would like my purpose to be Nourish Destiny is what I would like my purpose to be. Um, my true purpose is kind of whatever's been assigned by reality to me at the moment in whatever scene I find myself in. And I find that I suffer a lot less when I can get with the program. <laughs> you know, but like, you know, the script, like, like I'm an actor, right? And I have a, I'm in a scene and like there's, you know, I'm handed the purpose in the scene, but I'm, I'm also writing my own script, like on my own time. Like the purpose on that in that script is Nourish Destiny. So that's, that's why I've chosen... That's why I've chosen the healing path. And I believe that coaching is um, a, a great tool, uh, you know, to, to nourish destiny, uh, to do the things that I, I talked about today uh, of, of harmonizing the elements, harmonizing the inner and the outer, um, correctly orienting to the, the three, um, you know, heaven, heaven, earth, and human. And we didn't even really get into what those mean, but um, it's, a, it's another modality right and so i i if i take that view that i'm the actor and i'm assigned a role in a scene um and i'm not in charge first of all my mind is like fuck that man fuck that i am in charge and then i like you know i bear that out for a little while and find out oh <laughs> oops <laughs> um But that means that I need to be in a receptive place, right? I need to be receptive to direction. And where's the direction coming from? The direction is coming from life. Um, you know, what my right action is defined by the circumstances that I'm in. You know? My ability to perform that right action is defined by my genetic inheritance and up-to-date conditioning, which I wasn't in charge of. It was defined by circumstances, which are created by life, which is out of my control. So it's that, that's pretty fucking hard for the ego to like get on board with that but um it sure is a lot less suffering and so um the best thing i can do and i've struggled with this right because this view that i just laid out for you like when you hold that view like why the fuck are we doing inner work like you're not in charge like who's doing inner work like right um and the best way that I've found to like bring it all together, why do inner work? Cause obviously I'm into it. Like, you know, it's a lot of what I do. Um, why I do that is to be a better vessel, to be a better, you know, tool through which Tao can operate, you know, like, like, I, like if I, if I get my body right, then when Dao says, move your arm, I can actually move my arm. And not only can I move my arm, but I've done some internal martial arts training. I can move my arm with like quite a bit of force, right? Like it's, it's, it's a good tool to be used, right? And then why, why get your head right? Why do any kind of psychological work? Uh, so that my orientation of my thinking, my will and my receptive heart are, are in good order. So that when I receive the impulse, I actually notice that shit because I'm silent inside, you know? I feel the movement because I'm empty inside. 
Now, I'm not saying I'm silent and I'm empty inside all the time. I'm definitely not saying that. But when I am more toward that, it is much more available to me to be in alignment with what is. And so the coaching is partly because I just don't have time in my life to become licensed as an acupuncturist and also credentialed as a therapist. I just don't have time right now. Um, and, and part of it is because uh, I want to become a better vessel. And part of that is having as many tools as possible at my disposal, being an expert in as many things as not actually, you know what, it's not a being an expert in as many things as possible. It's being like a really deep expert in a couple of things, but also having some versatility. Um, one of my teachers says, I don't care about the 10,000 things you did one time. I care about the one thing you did 10,000 times. And I really take that to heart. I really, really take that to heart. So, um, in order to express that in, oh, now I've split into two could be careers on their own, right? Uh Oh, I've split my energy. I've split my chi, right? That means both of these are only getting 50%. Well, no, it doesn't necessarily, because what we need to do is we need to put them in a conceptual framework where once again, the two is one, okay? So how do we do that? We bring it back to yin-yang theory. We bring it back to five elements theory. And we see how the deeper I study yin-yang and five elements theory, the better Chinese medicine practitioner I am, the better coach I am. So it, it's the same, you know, it's, it's more branches of the same tree. So that's, that's why coaching and how it relates, you know? Uh, I mean, there's a little bit of like, at a more concrete level, when you're doing acupuncture, when you're receiving acupuncture, uh, what's happening is those, a lot of things happening. One of the things that could be happening is the places in you where emotion has become stuck are now being stimulated. So um, those places where emotion is stuck in a way, the mind doesn't go there. It's like the corner of your room that has a bunch of shit in it that you're like, oh, I'm just gonna ignore that. And your mind actually sort of edits it out. You can feel it if you're if you're sensitive to like your energetic perception, if you're sensitive to your nervous system, you can feel how there's a part of your room right now that's sort of like it doesn't go there, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I yeah. So um there are places in you like that as well. And so the the stimulation of the needle brings the mind to those places where for some reason it decided I am not gonna go there. So all of a sudden now it's like, oh, fuck, I'm here now. You must re-experience that thing. And you'll experience it in a very gentle way. But like, you're going to have the emotions. The only way out is through. And there's no out at all. But the only way forward is through. Um, and, and so shit comes up, man. Like, people cry. People shake. People really howl. Like, a lot comes up. And uh, in working with my teacher who I work most closely with in, in the acupuncture field, um, he's a high volume practitioner. So he sees a lot of people and he just can't, I mean, he does a great job of saying exactly the right thing at the right time, but he can't sit with someone for like half an hour while they go through their thing. I wanna be able to do that. I wanna have the tools to be able to do that. I, I will not be a high volume practitioner most likely. And I wanna be able to when something comes up, help the intellectual mind understand what's happening. And coaching is a great way to do that. Wow. And vice versa. Like I could be working with a client in coaching for six weeks on the same issue. No change. The, you know what? Come into the office. We're going to do some needles. Put a couple of needles in the right place. All of a sudden the system is able to change. Now, now we can, now the knot has been loosened by another modality. Now we have an entry point. So another thing from, from the I Ching is um, advance when the way is open and retreat when the way is closed. And the more ways of dancing with reality that you have, the, the more entry points are usable by you, right? So that's what it's all about for me. Wow. I feel so much richness right now. Um, so much gratitude. And 
I'm grateful to your teachers and to you for the work that you've done that allowed you to be so present and accountable and clear. Um, I loved the way that you were an example of I don't know when you didn't know, but you still had some offering for us. I think that's exemplary. Um, I'll just say thank you. And if there's someone who hears this who would like to, you know, speak more directly to you, is there a way to do that? And how would you like them to do that? Yeah, uh, you're you're welcome to reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Matthew Owen Duffett. Uh, you're welcome to reach out to me on Instagram, Wu Wei Feng Shui. Um, I don't do Feng Shui; it just sounded really good, Wu Wei Feng Shui. And those are probably the best channels to reach me. Yeah. And I'd, I'd love to hear from anyone, I, any any fellow cultivators on the path. Like let's let's walk together. to greater harmony in the world around us and the universal possibility of a whole experience uh, a unified blessing for all of us beautiful prayer mark thank you thank you for your time energy and attention today matthew i love you i love you too brother Thanks for listening to Tales from the Universe. To contact us, please go to markwentcoaching.com. M-A-R-C-W-E-N-D-T coaching.com.